The Lord be with you and also with you. The Holy Spirit came down from heaven to teach us and lead us into truth. Alleluia. In virtual worship, our sanctuary empty, we gather this Pentecost Sunday, May 31st, 2020, in the spirit of one who sang, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combined, truth and love for all to see. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation through WBUR 90.9 FM and our, inner, and our listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, and when and as it is again permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Today's service of worship includes the greeting and sermon new this week, along with music and liturgy rebroadcast re from earlier services. Although our nave is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
May we pray. Almighty God, on this day you opened the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel, that it may reach to the ends of the earth. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. John Wesley exhorted us to be rigorous in judging ourselves and gracious in judging others. As the choir leads us in our traditional Kyrie, we take a moment to pause and reflect on the ways in which we have not been rigorous with ourselves and the ways in which we have failed to be generous and gracious to others. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in, in one place. And suddenly, from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit among all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. 
and that will show portents in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 104 with the Antiphon. How manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creation of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and Leviathan that you form to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, 
Now, beloved, please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John chapter 20 verses 19 through 23. Glory to you, O Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. For the months and years ahead, we shall need spirit. Those who worship shall worship in spirit and in truth. Receive the Holy Spirit, beloved. Today is Pentecost. Receive the Holy Spirit. Scripture and tradition depend on reason and experience. Spirit involves reason and experience both. A question for you day by day as our mortally challenging pandemic reminds us, is whether we can find the courage to trust our own experience and whether we can find the capacity to rely on our own reason. Opportunities to subcontract both are amply available. But in order to live a life that is yours, not almost yours, spirit is needed. More. Not many of us signed up to make decisions, choices on an almost daily basis that may in fact have direct impact on another's safety, health, and well-being in this season. We have the freedom of spirit, but there is today a weight, a weight to that freedom. Said Robert McAfee Brown, this is God's world, but it is a crummy world, and we have to live with both realities. It is the triune God as spirit that empowers, makes a space for Brown's proverb. Wind at night, wind from the sea, a summer wind blowing in. The wind blows where it wills. The spirit, ruach pneuma, the wind of God. The strangest of strange outcroppings of spirit in all of scripture is located in the fourth gospel, in the Odium Theologicum of John 7, on the windswept step of John 14, the ice-covered snow peak of the Bible, the haunted moonscape of planet gospel, and especially come Pentecost today in the elusive presence of John 20. In John, both the mystical eye and the ethical ear, in Samuel Terrian's phrase, are alive. Ethics here only meaning love God and love your neighbor. Once you have ascended, John, including to the last discourse, John 14 and following, you are clearly in a strange, strange land and landscape. The venerable preacher who originally spoke to the late first century community in the town of Ephesus, say, if nothing else, had absolute confidence in his own experience of spirit. It led him, and thus his church, to establish what became later emerging Christianity. So in John, here Logos, here Nicodemus, here blind man healed, here Lazarus raised, here beloved disciple, here paraclete, especially 
spirit by another name. John has had the courage to face the awful disappointment behind the New Testament. Jesus did not return, not on schedule, not as expected, not soon and very soon, not Maranatha, not yet. But John looked at his own experience and in biblical measure with traditional tools, reasoned. In place of apocalypse, he celebrated the artistry of the everyday. And in in place of the speculation about the end, he celebrated the spirit of truth. And in the place of parousia, the coming of the Lord, he nominated paraclete, his word, the presence of the Lord. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. One way to solve problems is to face them, to name them, to admit them. No parousia, yes paraclete. To face our present challenge today, May 2020, with courage, neither with recklessness nor with anxiety, neither with rashness nor with timidity, as the president of Notre Dame put it this week. This is our calling. The stark strangeness, the utter difference of John from the rest of the Bible, we have yet fully to admit. In this COVID time, it may be, you will have the time or take the time or make the time to become better acquainted with the Bible, with the gospel, with the fourth gospel, John, with faith itself. Faith, faith, says my friend, is a response in the affirmative to the question whether life has meaning. Is there meaning in life to life? Faith says yes. My beloved advisor, perhaps the greatest John scholar of our era, Father Raymond Brown, got only so far as saying that John is best understood as an embraceable variant, emphasis on embraceable, less emphasis on on variant. But when we get to the summit, John 14 and following out all the way to today's lesson, John 20, we see chiseled there in ice and covered fully with wind snow, an enigmatic, mysterious riddle, spirit, paraclete, the endless enemy of conformity, the lasting foe of the nearly lived life, the champion of the quixotic, the standard bearer of liberty, the one true spirit of spirited truth. Yet we cannot even give the history of the term, nor fully define its meaning, nor aptly place it in its context, nor finally determine its translation. And maybe that is as it should be. Paraclete eludes us. Spirit evades us. Paraclete outpaces us. Spirit escapes us. There is, says faith of meaning in life, says faith in meaning in life, there is a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. Notice that the spirit is given here to all, not just to a few or to the 12, definitely not. Notice that it is the spirit, not structure, on which John relies. Notice it is spirit, not memory, which we shall trust. Good news for those of us whose memory may slip a little. Notice that spirit stands over against what John calls the world in the later chapters, another dark mystery in meaning. Notice that the community around John's Jesus is amply conveyed a powerful trust in in spirit. How we need that presence and that trust today. John, spirit in John, may be the verses of the Bible we most need in Corona time especially our recent graduates. Six months ago, you had multiple opportunities, jobs, internships, travel, study, and any myriad of combinations thereof headed your way. And today, a new landscape. Today, we need the spirit to empower us to edit our dreams, to edit our dreams to recognize past dreams and edit them for a new challenging time. Other parts of the New Testament take another trail when it comes to spirit. The book of Acts offers confidence by way of hagiographical memories of Peter and Paul and of exaggerated but loving assertions of the utter agreement of Peter and Paul. 
the pastoral and Catholic epistles, and to some degree, 1 John, in opposition to his gospel namesake, rely not on memory or memories, but on structure, presbyters, faith once delivered to saints, deacons, codes of conduct, conduct, stylized memories of orderly transmission of tradition. We do need memory, and we do need structure, but neither alone can hold a candle to spirit. That is, for John, what Moses, the law, the historical Jesus, the sacraments, or any other such can suggest, paraclete provides. By spirit, we hear the word of God. God reveals by spirit. God reveals by spirit. Here the stakes are very high, wrote Raymond Brown. People who live by the spirit, that is the only way others will ever be convinced of the Lordship of Christ. That is, you, you living by the Spirit, will be the way others will be convinced of faith, of the affirmation of meaning in life. Parakletos is the Greek word paraklete, is the word used only by John of Spirit to name Spirit. In the first letter of John, the word is used to describe Jesus. But the word here comes from kalein, to call, to call alongside of. It is the legal form for advocate, one who has been called alongside to help, ad vocare. The Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. This is the synoptic claim. But that is not quite what John says here. Here the Holy Spirit is a prosecuting attorney, puts the world on trial. There's a legal sense to paraclete, John's word for spirit. A lot of this language and imagery ought to be understood in light of the trial of Jesus itself. For the paraclete is Jesus' spirit. The spirit is not just a memory, the spirit is a living force. In Job we hear, I know that my defender lives. The figure here is probably an angelic defender. He will prove to the world Job's innocence. The angelic figure in the Job passage is translated by the rabbis as paraclete, my defense attorney. The angelic spirit is related to the individual, to you and me. However, the advocate is not the, only, not the whole picture. The comforter is also a part of this. The spirit will comfort, will hold your hand. Paraclete has this notion too. Luther's Bible emphasized the notion of the comforter. Thus we have in English the paraclete as comforter. Furthermore, this figure is a he, though there is no intention to emphasize maleness. This is Jesus' paraclete, since he is our own defense attorney, and the paraclete is with us forever. Even Jesus was confined by time and space, but the paraclete is not bound by time and, speed and space. The paraclete is given to all who love Jesus and keep his commandments. There is no contract here for John. The paraclete is not given only to a few. In Acts, by contrast, the spirit is tied more directly to the 12. In John, the spirit is the property of all. The spirit is an internal force which the world cannot see. The world cannot see the Spirit, and the Spirit has no name. His identity comes from Jesus and the Father. The Spirit takes on the role of Jesus and is sent in Jesus' name. He will teach, he will remind, he will tell, just as Jesus did. This is the teacher for the Johannine community. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will speak of the things to come. At the end of the first century, the early, the apostolic churches had a moment of paralysis. Now, after these generations, two, three generations, all the leaders were now dead. And the question, how are we going forward? How are we going to survive, they mused. We will hold on, preserve what has been given, one way to cope is to structure, to pass on. And this structure is 
a test of the spirit. It is a mechanism for preserving the good in a situation. There is a human witness, to be sure. But that witness, all of that structure, is only real, true, and powerful because of spirit moving in our midst. Thus, our beloved disciple in John is so exemplary because of the touch of the Holy Spirit. This is the notion of passing things on in a viable, adaptable, spirited way. So the, so the paraclete teaches. There are two different visions of Christian mechanisms for dealing with the future. One in Acts and the pastorals, preserve and remember. Two in John, spirit. This is a most interesting tension Spirit guidance plus guidance from structure. Here the paraclete is also the grounding of the community. Says Jesus, for your own good, I will go away. The presence of the spirit in the long run is better. I have many things to say, but you cannot bear them now. So, dear friends, the person who possesses the Spirit possesses Jesus, or the person who is possessed by the Spirit is possessed by the risen Christ. That is the Gospel of Pentecost. The Spirit is the advocate. He calls forth and calls out and calls down. The word for Spirit, pneuma, is actually neuter and gender. Our friend Linda, an Ohio Wesleyan and BU graduate, lives by Spirit. She happened to call a Friday ago to offer thanks for a BU program she had heard. When she finished her BA in, in Delaware, Ohio and wanted to go on to study religious education, her chaplain, James Leslie, son of former BU Old Testament professor Elmer Leslie, suggested BU. Who knows, you may even meet your husband there, he said. She went and she did. Last year, Linda was spotted holding a sign in traffic near an upstate New York shopping center. She and her husband, Gary, a BUSTH graduate of 1964, served a dozen urban and rural churches together, never complaining about itinerancy or salary or ministry. Gary retired and unexpectedly died shortly thereafter. Linda teaches Sunday school, writes letters to the editor, checks in on elderly preachers' widows, and reads poetry. This particular day, she was moved with a few others to stand in a busy traffic area, holding a sign, remember the children of the Middle East. An advocate. Do you possess or are you possessed by the advocate? The spirit is the counselor. A recent college graduate, call her Emma, works for an outdoor therapy program aimed at delinquent teenagers. She loves nature, having studied the environment and environmental science in college. A 15-year-old boy asked her one day why he should bother to get up in the morning, and he meant it. And she had no answer at first, but then she brought him a paragraph the next day from a book by Thoreau she was reading. And she meant it. She meant to give it to him. Somehow, maybe more for this trust in her and her care for him, a saving and intervening word of counsel was spoken, and more importantly, was spoken and heard. Faith is the affirmative response to the question whether life has meaning. Do you possess or are you possessed by the counselor? The spirit is the comforter, on the edges of mayhem in various parts of the world, let us not forget for all our own current troubles, there are camps for refugees north and south, millions of refugees the world over. And there are tents set up, there's food, there are medical units, there's some semblance of order, temporary, insufficient, makeshift order, but order nonetheless. A photo of one of the nurses in one of these, eyes wide and tear-filled and kind, stood out from the newspaper the other day. She stood for all the heroic first responders now, right around us, right here in Boston and beyond, in this pandemic. We all cannot do such work, 
but we can appreciate and admire, respect and support those who do. We take order for granted to our peril, don't we? One day we shall need the succor of such nurses and others and the safety of such order and others, however temporary, insufficient, or makeshift. Do you possess or are you possessed by the comforter? The spirit is the helper. Brian was admitted to my alma mater, Ohio Wesleyan, but he really could not read very well. And pretty soon he was failing everything left and right and center. His history teacher even told him, you really don't belong here. He tried, but he could not continue. So he found his way to the registrar and got papers to withdraw. He sat on the steps of Gray Chapel one afternoon, filling in the forms. A secretary in the admissions office saw him, remembered his spirit as spunk, his energy and courtesy from the spring. She stopped looking, stopped looking into her computer and went out to look at him, asking what he was doing and he began to weep. He stumbled through an explanation. They sat quietly. Brian, you're not going home, at least not today, and at least not in this way. We have help here. We are a caring school and we take care of our young people. We have a writing center here. We have ways to make this work for you. You just come with me, she said. You may have seen or heard, Brian. Years later today, He's a prominent news anchor. He told this story the day our third, our youngest child, graduated from that same school. He said, she saved my life by helping me. Do you possess or are you possessed by the helper? Beloved, hear the Pentecost gospel. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Amen.
now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Trusting God's promise of new life, we pray for the renewal of the church, the world, and all creation. The response after, hear us, O God, will be, your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, enliven the church to speak your words of forgiveness and salvation in every language and tongue. Pour out your spirit on witness of every age, gender, and nationality. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, send cooling breezes where people and creatures are suffering oppressive heat. Save the land from drought wildfires and excessive rain. Bless the work of those who make it possible to harness the power of the sun and the wind. Hear us, O oh God, your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, dispel human arrogance and establish leaders who are humble of heart Speak peace into all the world. Overcome prejudice and fear. Move us to support aid organizations and those who provide aid to immigrants and refugees. Hear us, O Lord. Your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit. You hear us when we cry to you. Bring clarity and hope to those living with dementia, anxiety, depression, or addiction. Accompany those who feel weak and worn. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, reveal your love through families of all shapes and sizes. Bring joy to co-parents, single parents, and those without children. Blessed extended families, foster families, adopted families, and families of friends. Bring closure and healing to broken relationships. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We commend these and all our prayers to you, O oh God. Come near to us with your saving help. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, we now pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Gracious, loving, holy God, we give you thanks for your multiplicities of provision in our lives. So bless and multiply these our gifts of money, symbol of our time, our life energy, our resources, and our faith, that the giving may become receiving, and the receiving may become giving, in the power and creativity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 